TG Geeks, episode 124, July 3rd, 2017. Authors, euphemisms, and artists. Oh my. Hello and welcome to another webcast from TGGeeks.com where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. I am Keith Lane and we're coming to you from TG Squared Studios in lovely Phoenix, Arizona. And I am Ben Raginton, also coming to you from It's So Freaking Hot. Is it the middle of August yet? Oh my Phoenix. god. Arizona. Yeah. So we've got a couple of things to talk about, and as well as our birthdays and all of that other stuff we normally do, and feedback, and this and that and the other. So all of that. We're going to get right to it. Well, we just came from something interesting. Yeah, Westercon 70. It uh, was Westercon, Conalope, uh, Leprechaun. Leprechaun. This the con, that, that a con, con everywhere a con, con. <laughs> exactly. So it, we we had uh, uh, an interesting time. We oh, had yeah. met a lot of interesting people and um, met some familiar faces. Some familiar faces, and just had a, a kind of neato mosquito time. So you want to tell them a little bit more about what we did? Well, we were there primarily, primarily yes. for Jeannie Koch's uh, evening erotica panel. Yeah. Uh, because I guess she liked the way we handled Phoenix Comic Con so well. So this time we decided, well, let's do it right. Yeah. So we brought some of our sound equipment so that we could actually do a better recording. In fact, we, we actually have the link for that recording on our website. It is not downloadable because, or not through our regular distribution means, right. because it's kind of explicit. Yeah, kind of. Body, I mean, anybody? Yeah, kinda. Kind of. Well, yeah. Uh, it it actually evening erotica to, for those that don't understand, and and what it was all about is, it's rather than saying the regular words that you would for body parts and the act itself it's more about a euphemism and what somebody would write as at be as what they would write as a writer in a novel as a euphemism rather than being erotic or overtly sexual etc so the euphemism was the name of the game and to add a little twist to it each person or contestant that had to come up with a euphemism had a fandom to choose, mm -hmm. or well, a ca fandom category. So something like Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor Who, Doctor Who, etc. Walking Dead. No, no Walking Dead. No this Walking time. Dead. No, that so, that that went over really badly yeah, at Comic Con. You had to come up with a euphemism in that fandom category using something from that universe. Mm -hmm as a euphemism for yeah. and uh, it, body part or act or whatever. And she and, and uh, one of the rules was Jeannie did not want it to be overly romantic. 
because right. there it's were not, two sides to it. I mean, it romance. could no, not no. We're not not talking romantic writing. It has to be of an erotic nature, but not overly explicit nature. Right. So that was the name of the game, and it's it's partly to serve as an education, but largely it's to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Because there's a lot of gifts that get handed out. So, and I said contestants, and and that's what what they were. Everybody in the room got something, mm-hmm. but the people that came up with the euphemism and whether it was something that we liked or disliked, everybody got a prize. No yeah. If you came up with something and it wasn't quite right, if it was too romantic or it didn't fit, you still got a prize. But the ones yeah, beads that, or a condom, yeah, something like that, something like that. And then the ones that came up with really good euphemisms, they got other special prizes. Right. Well, I, hey, I got four books out of this yeah. last night. because <laughs> yeah. I played and, and Jeannie ran out of her Clinique bags without any Clinique in them. Of so course not. <laughs> she had a ton of those things. So they're very was, popular. Yeah, that was a, a fun thing that we did on Saturday night. We recorded it. As uh, Ben said, we're going to have the uh, link in the in the show notes for this the show notes, uh, and it's a link to the article that has the full two hours and forty three minutes of evening erotica at Westercon. Mm-hmm. So um, you can listen to it there. I mean, yeah. I suppose it is possible. You know, if you go to the website, think, you can download it directly yeah, that way from the website. From the website, but it's yeah, it's not on the YouTube. It's not in iTunes. Not in iTunes. Or any of the other places because we that, didn't want yeah. to get slapped with an explicit tag. Absolutely. So it, you have to listen to it on the website or download it and listen to it uh, some other way. From there, yeah. So yeah. that's basically it. And all, uh, and like I said, you know, we met met some uh, familiar faces, some old friends. Yeah. Uh, met some new people. Some new people. Oh, uh, like fact, were, there's this one artist that we oh my met gosh. that we he was really a, he was fascinated a, with. A local mm-hmm. artist, um, guest of honor. And he goes by Tom Dead Stuff. And, oh, my God, his work is absolutely now, incredible. We, we bought need, a couple of pieces. Yeah, we need to preface this in that we met him uh, the night before the convention actually began. We were just kind of having a little gathering, and uh, Jeannie brought him over, and, and he, he talked, you know, he does paper mache. Yeah. And, and you know, immediately you, you hear think, that, and you start conjuring, you know, high school projects. Right. <laughs> but this guy's But this work, guy's phenomenal. Oh, my God. We bought a piece. We bought some... Uh, lithographs of uh, photographs of his work that had been taken. We took a bunch of photographs. We'll have a couple of those on the website mm-hmm. uh, for, this, uh, episode. for this episode. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, it, his work is absolutely It is breathtakingly incredible. great. Incredible. And apparently he's, wow. he said he's got some really high-paying clients as well yeah. that love his work, and for good reason. I think his work is amazing. It's, and and we're not that's not oh, uh, no. an over-exaggeration. Yeah, it, it is really is, amazing. It, truly amazing. And how and what does he use as his material? He uses it. It's basically he, he kind of makes his own glue, and he uses horse racing tickets. Mm-hmm. Dead, amazing. Dead horse racing tickets. He, he picks them up by the bag full and, and just you know, fashions this incredible art. I mean, art. that is the best form of recycling I can imagine. I mean, seriously, to, to take, you know, this this wasted paper and create this beautiful art out of it. Absolutely. I mean, it was really gorgeous oh gosh, stuff. Yes, it, it really, truly amazing stuff. And there was lots of other vendors there. We saw Duncan uh, and Andrea, mm-hmm. and then we saw uh, Terry, um, oh, shoot. Shoot. Oh. I think of her last name. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Art author. Yeah. Anyway, 
of course I'm not prepared. I didn't put her name in the in the notes. And as soon as I started with it, it just like went out of my brain. Yeah. Oh well. And then there was a, another gal. Uh, was it Melanie? I think her name was. Yes. She it, she does Lego work. And she creates her own her own little Lego pieces. I mean, some of this is just really great stuff. Yeah, it's just incredible. I mean, stuff. she made little little poofs for anybody who's familiar with uh, Jeannie's uh, Alien Kit Kat series. And uh, was something that I thought was really adorable. She made little canines from Doctor Who that were amazing, just just amazing stuff. So I I was just delighted with some of the things that that she made there. A lot of, a lot of book vendors. Um, there was one lady there. She She's retired, so she had this garage just filled with junk that she has acquired over the years. And she's, you know, why am I holding on to this? So she, she basically, well, it was it was essentially a garage sale in the dealer's room, which was hilarious. So yeah. lots of fascinating vendors there. Um, uh, so, some good artists. Yeah. So oh, oh, and the art show. The art oh gallery gosh, was yeah. fabulous. Oh, my gosh. And we picked up a a piece in the art gallery is, uh, or the art sale. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. There were some other things too that I kind of liked, but it was like, Oh, well, we got a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we a number pick up g- stuff every time we go somewhere. Yeah. I, but uh, they, I, I got some DVDs that I'm really d- tickled yeah. to think about some Jerry Anderson stuff that I love. Uh, so, but it was a small room. It was a small dealer's room. Yeah. I mean, it's not like going to Comic-Con where you can spend an entire day there. I mean, we were, we were in and out of there in, you know, a couple of hours, yeah. about a couple of hours. That's only because we lingered around a couple of tables. Yeah. It was, uh, T.L. Smith, Terry Smith. Ah. Uh, she, uh, did, uh, wrote Defending Hippocrates. Hippocrates. Wow. Anyway, t- take a look at her. Uh, really good author. Obviously, Jeannie Koch was there with mm-hmm. her table and all of her stuff. And her books, and uh, so it was. It was a great time. We had had a lot of uh, fun at uh, Westercon seventy, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Hi, this is Ginny Koch, author of the Alien Catherine Kitty Cat series from Daw Books, part of Penguin Random House, and you're listening to Two Gay Geeks. <laughs> And everybody knows what that means. It's time for the birthdays. And here's a few selected birthdays for July 3rd through July 9th, 2017. July 3rd, Michelle Suave. And that... Uh, I'm not sure who he, that is. He is a director, and he was actually a, a mentee of Mario Bava. Ah! And, um, oh, shoot. Um, oh, the other guy. Uh, uh, Dario Agento. And uh, so... He's really I'm not familiar a, with that uh, Dario Argento. Yeah, Argento. Argento. I'm not familiar. Yeah, with he that. was a, another horror Italian horror. Uh, so, so. Michel, uh, okay, so Michelle Suave. Um, anything that he's done that we may know about? Oh yeah, I looked it up and now I can't remember. That was a couple of days ago when I put him on the list here. So <laughs> I normally but he, but do he does Italian horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe something. Some other things. Something yeah. we should uh, kind of take a look at then. Yeah. Also on July 3rd, Kurtwood Smith and Tom Cruise. And a friend of ours, Missy Gunnels Catano. Finally got to she, meet her. She came out for uh, Westercon, and we got to meet her. She lives in uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, and she's a big Ginny Koch fan, and she came out to visit this time. So, happy birthday, Missy. July 4th, Neil Simon, Abigail Van Buren, or Dear Abby, Stephen Foster and Rube Goldberg, How to Build a Better Mousetrap. Right. So with that, happy birthday to them. So, okay, so just so that I, I know, because I'm, I'm being an idiot here, um, we know that Ann Landers and Abigail were sisters. I thought they were twins. 
I, I think I thought they were too, but uh, I don't know. Huh. She wasn't on the list, so. Interesting. Oh, well. What can I say? Uh, oh, July 5th, Catherine Helmand and Jean Cocteau. Oh, the film, French filmmaker who yes. uh, made what some people consider to be the definitive classic version of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And Phineas Taylor Barnum. There's a P. sucker Barnum. born every minute. Absolutely. July 6th, William Shallert of uh, Star Trek fame. Yep. Uh, among well, other things. he was also the father in Patty Duke. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, among other things. But uh, since we're talking about the fandom part here. Mm. Also on July 6th, Ned Beatty, Burt Ward, The Boy Wonder. The Boy Wonder. Hmm. Jeffrey Rush, Pat Paulson. I remember Pat Paulson. In yeah. fact, I told this story last year, and I'll tell yeah. it again for anybody who hasn't heard it before. Before he became a, uh, first he was a writer. Well, he, he got his break in the show business by being a comic writer for the Smothers Brothers. Back in the 60s, but before then, he and his wife uh, actually ran a daycare center. And when my my, my mom divorced my dad, uh, she and she had to go to work, I stayed at his daycare center. Yeah. So that's that? that's how we uh, are connected to Pat Paulson. Yeah. Also on July 6th, Janet Lee and my good friend, Mr. Bill Hensley, I've known since first day of fifth grade. And for anybody who doesn't know, he's also the cousin to Neil Halford. Yes. July 7th, David McCullough, and he wrote the uh, biography of Jane, uh, John, John Adams. John Adams. Excellent John, biography, John, too. As well as a uh, biography, uh, oh gosh, uh, another one. Yeah. I can't remember. Also on July 7th, John Pertwee and Richard Starkey. Also known as Ringo, Ringo Starr. As well as, uh, there's birthday on July 7th is Mark Chagall and Mark Chagall did uh, a bunch of artwork for uh, scenes for uh, Metropolitan Opera as ah. well as uh, some things that are hanging in the lobby so very well respected artist July 8th Kevin Bacon and I was going to come up with our five degree separation of, to Kevin Bacon but I didn't do that oh well oh well also on July 8th Wolfgang Puck uh, I'm not going to quote him. Yeah. Because it will get another explicit tag. Yeah. We don't want it. Also, a friend of the show, Trampus Whiteman. Happy birthday, Trampus. July 9th, Tom Hanks, John Tesh, and Nikola Tesla. And that is it for the birthdays this time. Hi, I'm Casual Shadow Jeremy, the man behind Casual Moon and also an undercover capricious changeling. I play games a lot, and I make my own stories with them, even if they already have stories. And I would love to share those stories with you over on Casual Mode, the gaming channel for geeks of all trades and masters of none. Each week, I post playthroughs of video games that strike my interest, and I put my own little spin on them. Tactical games like XCOM 2, RPGs like Chrono Trigger, even board games like Fortune Street all with tons of ham and a healthy dose of Z-grade voice acting. And occasionally, I do step away from games and talk about serious things. Or even not-so-serious things. So join me on twitch.tv slash casualmodelive Sunday evenings, Monday afternoons, and Thursday late nights. Follow me on bidme at bid.me slash casualmode, and consider supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash casualmode. Thanks for your support, and as always... 
Keep it casual, y'all. Go give a listen to our friend Jeremy over at Casual Mode. And now, what time is it? Uh, not quite one o'clock in the afternoon. Feedback. Feedback. We have a little bit of feedback. Not too much this time. Uh, now, Alicia CCTX on YouTube, she posted this on our YouTube channel and she attached it to episode 123. But this is actually, in re- this is more closely related to an article that you ran. Yeah, and I ran uh, it because she gave because us she, feedback. Because she gave us the feedback. <laughs> I know. So there's something kind of uh, meta, meta about, about it. it. Yeah. Sense8. Now, we'll talk about Sensate in a little bit, but she simply left us this comment. Sensate is back, baby. We freaking won. Yay. Yay. And uh, we also got a comment. Again, we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, but this was in response to the actual article that, that, uh, that Keith wrote, posted earlier a few days ago. And we got this from Donna Tomasi, Mrs. Technorama. And she simply writes, thanks for letting us know. That is great news. And then we got one. This is from Arkel, and this is in regards to anything that we did. In fact, he just voluntarily shared this with us. It's something called Genesis 7. Hmm. And he simply writes, can't believe I haven't uh, put this on your radar yet. Check out this review series for a show called Genesis 7. And he gave us a YouTube link for that. We'll share that in the show notes. He says, basically, the premise is Star Trek if it was made by young Earth creationists. Only worse than that. Oh, dear God. That I find terrifying. And that is it for our feedback. Told That's you it was little. It for the feedback. How about that? Well, we want to hear from you if you have something to say about our episodes, about our articles, about anything that we do. We want to hear about it, good or bad. Just remember, play nice. And you can leave your comments on our Facebook page or on TG Geeks webcast or tggeeks.com. And you can also, uh, on any of the articles we've published or any of our episodes, there is comments at the bottom of each page. You're more than welcome to leave a comment or you can leave uh, uh, comments. Voicemail. (laughs) Voicemail and comments on our YouTube episodes. But the voicemail, you can leave it and we'll play it on air if you want to. We have a listener feedback line and it's 469-TG-GEEKS. That is 469-844-3357. You don't need to hear their identification. They're the two gay geeks. They can go about their business. Move along. Now, we alluded to this in our feedback, and uh, now we're going to talk about it. Sensate is coming back for a two-hour finale. Yep, sometime next year. Sometime next year. Now, uh, if you go to the link for this story in our show notes, it will include a very, very heartfelt letter from Lana Wachowski about how, how what how she reacted to the cancellation of Sensate. I mean, uh, you need to read the entire letter. I mean, yeah. it is really, truly really, from the pretty, heart. Yeah. It's it's beautifully written. 
Well, what do you expect? It's from it's from Wachowski. Yeah, and they're, they they're invested in the work they do. Well, especially <laughs> Lana, uh, and and now her sister, because uh, one of the the one of the feature characters is a transgendered, uh, you know, man to woman, and so it be it was a very personal story for them. Yeah, and the idea of the cluster and. And the symbolism of what that means to chosen family. I mean, all of this is these were really important points to her. Yeah. To both of the Wachowskis. But I I, but clearly Lana really took this to heart. And when the show got canceled, she writes how she was just devastated. She went into a very deep depression. And it wasn't just her. It was the cast. It was the crew. Everybody. Oh, my gosh. I mean, and fandom responded quite loudly. Yes. They, They and. And it was it was so strange because Netflix president kept saying, you know, you know, we tried to make this work. We really, really tried to make this work, but we just can't make it work. Well, apparently, even after they announced that, I'm guessing that the uh, outcry was still pretty, pretty loud. Yep. Because they said, all right, you guys win. We're going to give you a two hour finale to completely wrap this up. And I'm really intrigued with how this is going to work. Now, now we had talked about this. Yeah. And you had made the point that when the series uh, or at least when uh, series two ended, they're like ninety percent all together now in right. one place. Yeah, so it, it won't be quite as expensive for that two-hour episode. Because if they pick some, right up, right? Because some of those episodes were clocking in at uh, nine million plus because of all the traveling yeah, they had to do. Because what what happened is for those that don't understand about Sensate, is or or the filming of it, they would go to each country where. A character was whether it's Germany or India or Nigeria or wherever or wherever it was all of the cast would go there and they would shoot every scene complete with every character as we would see them as the cluster and individually etc so they would go to each country and shoot every scene that way then they could stitch it together the way they wanted so if all of the cluster had to be in India. They were all there. So they would stitch that those few frames in, or if it was just the one character in the country, they would you know, film that whole scene with that character. Mm-hmm. So it was costing a fortune because they had cast and crew and all the travel and everything else that was costing a fortune. For it was episode. a very expensive series, Yeah, but money well worth spent. I oh, think ab- because it, it was, it helped. Dri- it. Oh, yeah. it helped drive the narrative in ways that was just unbelievably phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, very powerful stuff there. And it was, it was just for me, it was just hitting its stride for emotional impact and, where the the story was going, mm-hmm. so and now they're pretty as, much yeah. all together. Yep, uh, they all went and performed. We say yeah, we're not going to say what they did, yeah. but they're pretty much all together now. So this is going to help cut down on costs. Now, assuming that they do pick up right where the series ended, which I certainly hope they do, yeah, because it ended on one hell of a line that came from Will. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I remember we were like screaming, "No, you can't end it there." And by the time we saw it, we already knew about the cancellation. Right. So it that was such a heartbreak. But anyway, apparently the fans just kept writing and writing and writing and screaming at Netflix. So they finally agreed that they're going to give us a two-hour finale to wrap it up. Now, what I'm curious is there is another writing component, and that is uh, Joe Michael Straczynski, 
who is known for telling epic stories you know and if anybody's right. got any question to that all you got to do stories yeah. yeah very arc related very big in scope all you got to do is look at babylon 5 to see that yeah and and straczynski has already said that he's very much inspired by epic tales well you know it could be that he he might take that the arc from how many ever they were supposed to do and kind of wind it up, sort of. He's very good at doing that. The way he did, it, he wound up several story threads throughout the arc, and then at the end of Babylon Five, it it kind of it reached its natural end. But there was more story, to more story tell to tell in a couple of other uh, yeah. incarnations of the Babylon Five universe. Yeah, so, so yeah, so they, he, he could be do able that. To write this, you know, write up. A, I'm a good. I, I am fairly confident that he can do that. Yeah. He's very good. I mean, he like, yeah, you were right. He said that when it came to Babylon five, uh, he could actually condense it down to season four. If, if five never came to pass, that's what he was led to believe. So yeah, he can wind this down. Um, I'm fairly confident that he can do it. Yeah. So I think between the two of them, they're going to come up with something that is going to be just so unbelievably gloriously over the top. Yeah. And so I, I'm just thrilled beyond belief. Now I don't have to boycott Netflix. <laughs> exactly. Because I was really prepared to just say, I'm never watching a bloody thing of theirs ever, ever, <laughs> ever again. And that includes Defenders. But now I, now, I can, now I can watch Netflix again and not, you know, and, and not feel like a hypocrite. So if you want to know more about the article, uh, and, and obviously you have to read Lana's letter. Yeah. Please read it. It is so beautiful. Uh, and it's just so emotional. It, it's just it's just a beautiful letter. So yeah, check check out the link for this in the show notes, uh, and, and it'll be on our website at tggeeks.com. Yeah. So and then you ran an article uh, earlier this week as well. Speaking of epics. Yes. Oh my gosh. Epic. <laughs> epic. Truly epic. Yeah, a really big epic. Uh, Isaac, Isaac Asimov. He wrote something which. To some people, they consider this to be the definitive science fiction mega work, and that is his Foundation trilogy, which later became a, a quadrilogy because he oh, had well, he more, added a fourth there book. Was, was several books after that. I only know of four. Yeah, there. I well, they included several other books in that uh, universe, I suppose. Uh, I remember there was fact, like, uh, like Foundation, Second uh, Foundation, Foundation uh, Empire. I'm not sure well, the order I anymore. Robot is supposed to be in the same. Well, it takes place in the same universe. Right. But I think, you know, it's it's like what Larry Niven would do. Larry Niven in the beginning used to write everything in the same universe, although the stories may not be directly connected. Uh, but he liked to work that way. And I think Asimov did the same thing. That, yeah, iRobot could take place in the same universe as Foundation, but it's not directly connected to it. But, yes, the robotic laws right. are very prominent uh, in, in Foundation. And uh, for anybody that doesn't really know, it it's basically about uh, a I gotta say this right a psycho his uh, oh boy historian psycho historian I know that that sounds very He's bizarre psycho. yeah well yeah uh, try to it's uh, a mathematical formula yeah in, it, in essence yeah basically he use he does a lot of research to determine where things are going to go yeah a psycho historian. He's the protagonist. I can't remember the character's name anymore. Anyway, uh, he's been able to read the future and foresees this empire's eminent collapse. And he sets out to save the knowledge of mankind from being wiped out. Now, this trilogy has been opted by studios over 
and over and, and over. over again, and nobody is able to film it. And I think there's a really good reason why. I think it's unfilmable. It probably is. I, I'm going to be a heretic here. I, I found the work to be impenetrable. It is. Yeah. I, I, I could not. I could not get past the first couple of chapters. Yeah. I just couldn't. I, it was like, oh, my God. I read the iRobot, uh, the several stories in that series. Oh, my God. I found it fascinating. Could put, mm-hmm. Couldn't put it down. But when I got, I picked up Foundation, and it's like, oh my! It's it's really it's really dense. thick. Yeah. It's a very dense story. Um, I might try to just force myself through that one, but you know, yeah. I've got so many books on my oh, reading yeah. list now. It's it's way down I mean, the line. We pick up more as we go to more cons. It's like, oh my god, we pick up more work, mm-hmm. more books to read. I picked up 10 from Phoenix Comic Con. I finally got through them all. Yeah, I'm finally getting, I'm, I'm, a, I'm starting Zachary Wheeler's stuff. So, yeah, I, uh, and yeah. Speaking of which, we're, well, we'll, we'll talk, we'll about, talk that. about that. Uh, but, yeah, I've got just so much stuff that I have to look at. So, but, you know, however, there are a lot of people that said Lord of the Rings was unfilmable. Yeah, true. And a lot more people said Game of Thrones was unfilmable. Well, that's true. And look what happened. You know, it just takes uh, some very, very smart people who are able to think outside the box and find the narrative and bring that forward through all the literary layers that may exist. Yeah. Because, I mean, you read Tolkien, you cannot film Lord of the Rings precisely as it is written. It's not possible. I mean, aside from having a movie that'd be 32 hours long. Right. Uh, the narrative just doesn't allow for it. So you have to Maybe really dig deep. Just let do it. Oh, well, ooh, ooh, <gasps> Hodorowsky's Lord of the Rings. Or Hodorowsky's Foundation. You know, I'd watch that. <laughs> I would watch that. If Hodorowsky actually filmed Foundation, I would watch it. I think that could be just really just, I mean, it, it would be psycho. Yep, it would. Totally psycho. But anyway, if you want to know more about the upcoming Foundation series that's being adapted for the cinema... Go to the link in our show notes. You can also find the link for this story on our website at tggeeks.com. Yeah. And as always, we have a few follow-up items. Thank you to the individual who nominated us for a Parsec Award. We thank you, thank you, thank you. We've submitted it. They're in the process of doing the judging, etc. So hopefully by come September, we'll know that we have won. Uh, I would hope. So. When is Dragon Con? Uh, believe that it is uh, Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. Okay, yep. so well, hopefully we'll know before then. Yeah, hopefully. Anyway, also check out our calendar on the website. Uh, if you have a birthday or an event or a con or a film festival or whatnot, send us a note. We'll add it to our calendar. Mm-hmm. Come and see us and say hi. We're going to be at uh, several events. We're going to be at Comic Con in San Diego for the con. And a panel on J- Thursday, July 20th at 1 p.m. at the library. Heroes at the Mic. We'll also be at Horrible Imaginings Film Festival in San Diego on Saturday, September 9th. And at OperaCon by Arizona Opera on October 21st. As well as Phoenix Comic Con Fan Fest, November 11th and 12th, 2017. And as everybody knows, we're huge independent creators, supporters of independent. Yeah, we're we're huge independent creators. We, we're supporters well, of independent. Well, creators. Well, we kind of yeah. are too. Yeah, but whether it's filmmakers, comic book artists, or writers, or 
other artists of uh, paper mache, yeah, etc. Et we want to support them. If you've heard of anybody doing a crowdfunding campaign or somebody that's an independent creator, whether you know comic books, etc., you see them at a con, you see them out and about doing their thing, please consider supporting them. There's a lot of great talent out there that don't get the big money and they're trying to do it independently and especially on the crowdfunding campaigns you can sometimes get involved for as little as a dollar mm -hmm. and you can be part of something big you never know please consider supporting independent creators speaking of speaking of tommy cannon creator of fred the mustard packet is presenting tommy's motion comics bonanza at the torch theater in phoenix on july 9th Check out the GoFundMe page and the Facebook page in the show notes. Phoenix Comic-Con Fan Fest returns to Phoenix on November 11th and 12th, as I said up above. And Phoenix Comic-Con itself is May 24th through the 27th, 2018. Check out phoenixcomiccon.com. All right, and as, uh, whoops, as I scroll Opera past Con. it, OperaCon by Arizona Opera coming on October 21st. Several special events are planned prior to the performance of Hercules vs. the Vampires, which is a hybrid opera film adaptation. Stay tuned for more information about that, or check out ArizonaOpera.org or AZOpera.org. Special shout out to Doctor Who, Talking Who on Twitter. They publish the Doctor Who Fancast Guide, which quite regularly republishes our stories. And you can read the Fancast Guide by finding them on Twitter. They are at Talking Who. We also had some feedback earlier from Arkle, good friend Brian Weber. He posts the Arkle Times Post-Dispatch News. And if you want to read the Post-Dispatch News, because, it, you know, not only does he have some interesting stuff there, both social and entertainment, you know, but again, they, uh, the, the Post-Dispatch News also republishes many of our stories. You can find it by finding him. He is the Nazi Punching Scald. And on Twitter, the handle is at Arkle, A-R-K-L-E. And he is also on Tumblr. He has the incorrect Star Trek Voyager quotes. Um, don't read it at work. That's all I got to say. Some you don't not safe for work. It's not safe for work. You don't want your boss kind of lurking over your shoulders. And what is that? And, 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 and why does it have dirty words on the screen? So you don't want that. Uh, we also must give a shout out to the sci-fi obsession on Facebook because they also republish our stories. They can be found at facebook.com slash sci-fi ob. That is S C I F I O B. And we want to give a shout out to the lucky show. The twins are wonderful, Sasha and Dagmar. They give us lots of love on Twitter and as at Looky Show. And you can catch their show on YouTube. They are The Looky Show. They do uh, reviews of old movies and new movies and TV shows and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Check them out. They, you will love them. It's a very unique show. Yes. And as always, a very special shout out to one of our favorite facebook groups that is the gay geek because they have amazing content lots of really good artwork and lots of very funny stuff there really good people there and you can find it by going to facebook.com slash groups slash the gay geek oh, and as always a very special praise and thank you to jeremiah reeves their moderator for allowing us to share our episodes there thank you jeremiah 
We want to give uh, remind you to occasionally click on our Amazon ads. We've got ads at the bottom of each of our articles and our episodes, as well as some widgets on the side to purchase books of our favorite authors and other things. If you want to buy one of those books or you want to buy something from Amazon, use one of our search ads mm-hmm. and we get a little bit of a kickback. You don't have to buy anything if you click on the ads. Just kind of click on them and shows Amazon that we get some traffic to them. And lastly, but not leastly, please rate us on iTunes. And you can also find us on Blueberry and uh, uh, Stitcher as well as uh, several other places. So. Mm-hmm. But you can write us on iTunes. I We really appreciate it. Yes, please. Up next week, we are going to have an interview. An interview. An with interview. A interview. We're going to have a interview with... I is smart. <laughs> yeah. With Mr. Zachary Wheeler. He is an author, and he lives in New Mexico. He's going to Skype in, and we're going to talk to him about uh, a couple of his books and one that's actually being is in development for a movie. So check us out next time. Okay, that should do it for this episode of TG Geek's webcast. Be sure to check out the article for this webcast episode. We're going to have several links on the page. And remember, you can comment on our Facebook page or our website, tggeeks.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 469-TG-GEEKS. That is 469-844-3357. From TG Squared Studios, I'm Keith Lane. Thanks for visit- <laughs> Thanks for listening. I bid you peace. Y'all come around here. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>